0: So, Alfin, is it true you can't feel any pain at all?
1: Nope, not a single bit. Wow, no pain at all? That must feel weird. Eh, get used to it. So,
0: you wouldn't be able to feel a rope burn?
1: <laughs> nope, just looks like you're rubbing my arms weird. How about a really hard
0: doogie? Nah, no, you're just messing up my hair. Surely you won't be able to resist the pain of a titty twister.
1: Nope, nah, uh can't feel a thing.
0: What the hell are you guys doing over here Ah, we're just trying to hurt alfin come on shion give it a try
2: it's kind of fun don't you idiots have anything better to do stop screwing around like jackasses go hunt us some dinner or something
1: why does she have to be so mean
2: Ah, look you made alfin cry i'm gonna make all three of you cry if you don't stop acting like idiots men
1: I guess I can feel pain. Emotional pain. At least she didn't hit us with her thorns.
2: Give me a reason! Ah! ah run away! Yeah.
1: Before she Pikachu's us!
0: Hey baby, hear the games are calling. Backlogs are growing at a and race. And maybe you seem a bit confused. i gamers. Ken will set you straight. ha ha ha! But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Captoonia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Good night, Army gamers. we love you.
2: Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPG. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly RPG news show, QA Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and we're your bi weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me, as always, my podcast partner in crime, the Alphen to my Shion. Mr. Matt Mason. Uh,
1: I knew some reference that I would have no idea about would arise at the beginning of this part, but ha, all right. such as it is. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I,
2: I, I see what you did there. Um, also joining us, Robert Albright. S- spinning in to uh, do some
0: double casting.
2: And John Jensen.
1: I love this game. Can't wait to talk about it.
2: Yes, yeah, so um, I'm I'm gonna pretend like this is we did this on purpose because they just announced DLC for this game. That's what three years old now two, usually deal DL- two two years are you sure it's this su- two oh. years yeah 20 okay, yeah I one. can't yep. forgive me I can't math <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they just announced DLC for this last week uh we're doing tales of a rise
1: which was surprising by the way because they they made I, it was sounded pretty adamant that they weren't going to do any DLC and then they're like yeah here's actually a whole big thing of it here you go
2: yeah, I thought that it was going to be a full blown sequel when I first saw the announcement. And then, like, no, just an expansion. But it sounds like it's going to be a pretty
1: beefy expansion. Yeah, yeah. They're it they're like saying a whole, it, the whole story, a whole side story with it.
0: Yeah, they're saying it's going to be a, a twenty plus hours give or take. So
1: wow, they said it's going to be twenty plus amount. hours.
2: Yeah, that's oh, uh,
1: what. What a w Bandai Namco, amazing, amazing. I need that. And
2: are, are they gonna? Do, is there gonna be like new? Era Areas or just uh, regular, like just going to the places with new
0: characters. I think. um, Let me pull this up here.
1: I know it's going to be a whole new story like the, it's going to be right after the events that took place at the end of the story uh the main right. story for Tales of Rock. A year
0: later, a year later. A year
1: okay. later.
2: No. Oh, okay. Good. I, that wow, that will feel excellent since it feels like it's been a while since I've played this. I know that. Um so yeah, that that'll be interesting. I mean that that being said, um we we will use this show as an opportunity
1: to refresh your memory. Um, as we dive in. <laughs> uh and, and well yeah, hopefully um, you don't lose it like Alfin did. So yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I,
2: I usually don't do DLC packs just because every time I have I always felt like they were kind of a waste of money. Um famously it was Final Fantasy 13 2's DLC that I felt kind of burned on cuz out of it was yeah. that great
0: <laughs> yeah so the official announcement is adding 20 plus hours of game content the new expansion adds new quests dungeons boss fights and an epic new story arc all within the backdrop of an evolving beautiful fantasy world which
1: that's great because i would have been good with dlc just if he gave me extra extra boss fights you know things like that monsters yeah. almost turn it not into monster hunter but just an extra you know a couple of those fights in it because I love those epic grand uh big boss fights but the fact that they're adding a whole 20 hour story into it um that's that's awesome to me that's that's great DLC content that I will I will gladly purchase
2: yeah to to me DLC content is 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 perfect when it feels like it's expanding on the game and not just yeah costumes which they also have
1: which i also will be getting
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. bikinis expand on certain things or certain things expand the
1: bikini dlc Uh, hey Hey. Uh,
2: um that being said we are chomping at the bit to get into this so we are going to take a brief musical interlude with some beautiful tales music and then we'll get right into it so stick around Welcome back to RPG Backtrack where we are talking about Tales of a Rise, released on September 10th, 2021, and it looks like it was a worldwide release. Man, do you remember when we didn't get Tales games?
1: <laughs> what a terrible we, time. What a terrible did, time to be alive. We,
2: or when we did, it was like years later. And now they're doing worldwide releases. That's awesome. Well,
0: yeah, I sometimes mean, those versions we got were still bad. Yes. Fantasia. <laughs>
1: But yeah, uh, this 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 game felt like it needed that reset. though. what it was five years um, after Tales of Berseria this came out, and it felt like, Berseria is a really I loved Berseria, but even after that game, you could tell they needed a hard reset, and yeah. that, to me, it worked.
2: Um, yeah, because um, I read this on Wikipedia. Development for it began after or before the announcement of the definitive edition of Tales of Vesperia in 2018, and I don't remember when Berseria came out.
1: 2016.
2: Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. So, yeah, this was kind of a I wouldn't necessarily say a hard reboot, but definitely a refresh.
1: Yeah, a um, r- hard refresh. Because they were in the same, they've been in the same, you know, uh, engine system for a long time. And so the game just kind of felt the same, you know, and it well, was getting very outdated. part it of it getting too, very is, outdated. in those
0: intermeaning years, was them trying to make Tails gotchas that just never yes. really yeah. shut off <laughs> either.
1: Well, didn't uh, it? It felt like it was going to just stay there too. Like, just stay in the, the gotcha world and, you know, it, it, I don't know. It felt like for a while that the mainline Tales games were maybe we're seeing sort of the end of it in a way and then you know they come up with this uh, obviously you're gonna probably have this in the notes but they come up with this project and out comes Tales of Arise
2: yeah so it's funny that you brought up the engine stuff this was the first one uh, built in Unreal instead of one of their engines and they yeah. said that they said that the reason why it's because it gave them more flexibility
1: yeah and I think it paid off wonderfully because they still I, I i liked that they they switched to an engine that they could use and make it look good but also they still had a vision of what the game should look like to stand out and i remember this coming out there weren't you know there was a whole pandemic when the the new generation came out with ps5 mm-hmm. and Xbox and there weren't many games that I could watch, I could play and be like you know what this is this made PS- PS5 worth it and Tales of Arise actually for me so this was a a weird thing to say about a Tales game because usually graphically they're way outdated and this was the first game to me when I got on PS5 was like man this this is it because they it made the effects just pop um, you know 60 FPS smooth like it just I don't know it felt like one of the first ones that that certainly I was like okay this is why I got a PS5 like graphically now we didn't really see it pay off I don't even think until Final Fantasy 16 you know yeah Really shine but that was the first one i was like okay this this made it worth it
2: it's it's funny you mentioned that because i i bought my ps5 so that i could play the eufy dlc for final fantasy uh seven yeah yep and then you know I, I had to wait a little bit for that and that was still like what maybe just a couple of hours and i had played through the first the ratchet and clank game that came out because that came in the bundle that I bought and then really used my PS five as a glorified PS four for the yeah, next, right. for those, those exactly. couple of months. Yeah. Until I this remember that
1: too out. when I first got my PS five, I was I was just still playing, you know, essentially PS four games. I um, mm-hmm. I wasn't really playing anything PS five and I finally got this PS five. Um and yeah, yeah that my, that was like okay, this is it for me. This my,
0: my PS five is a glorified Dragon Quest
1: Builders two machine <laughs> for you kids. <laughs> hey i heard that's a good game though so that can't be bad it is
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's the only thing my oldest will play
1: (laughs) because i think the the other game i was it was funny because the other game the next gen there were two rpg games i was really ready to play when i got my ps5 it was scarlet nexus and then tales of arise um and scarlet nexus i love that game i actually really enjoyed it but it didn't it was like okay this isn't the jump i was looking for this wasn't um something that really popped to me just because i had a ps5 Uh, so it took a while for that to happen and scarlet Nexus was close, but again, Tales of Arise to me was finally that moment.
2: Yeah, the, the, I mean, I I remember the graphics being pretty in the two Zillia games, and that those were PS3 games. Yep. And they were high fidelity. And that first time uh, seeing that big open area in the canyon at the beginning, when um, you, you first start the game, it's like whoa, this, this isn't some of the best yeah, graphics I've it's, ever it's, seen.
1: I think it's good to mention the PS3 games because... Berseria was a PS4 game, but it was still PS3. So yeah. they had been like the last Tales game, still essentially was made for PS3. And so this was like a massive, crazy jump for them. And they timed it right where, and I think that's why it took a little bit longer for it to come out because I know there were a bunch of delays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think they wanted to optimize this and make it look absolutely gorgeous for the next gen. And they, they nailed it, 100% nailed it. And I think yeah, that it's... was, that was the best thing that could have happened to this game.
0: Yeah, see, I did, now I did not play this next gen. I actually played off off the PC version, but it it still it ran beautifully and. You know, having and you could tell that they still had some of the design aspects for some of the creatures off of the older ones. I mean, they're yeah. not going to get rid of like axe beaks. That's like a very classic Tails monster. Mm-hmm. But just the way they looked was so it was great. Although, although I will say that once I realized what the spider what the spider monsters were, I was very creeped out. <laughs> Yeah, there are spider monsters. You just don't realize they're spider monsters.
1: Yes, there are. Uh, but yeah, I, I think just what popped out to me was was the the effects, the particle effects and things like yeah. that. This game is vibrant, and man, it pops uh, on PS5 and next gen. And that's, that's to me, what really stood out. I mean, they went all out for this game. So, you know, maybe the five years was worth it. I hope we don't have to wait another five years for a mainline game. Uh, maybe we do. And obviously, that's just what development is now. But that that time was well spent because everything popped visually. And that was the one thing, I think, massively holding them back.
0: And I'm sure some of it, too, was them getting used to using Unreal as an engine. Because, as you said, unfortunately, for a long time, all these different companies, I mean, Square Enix, Tails, you name it, all of them use these tried to use engines that they built Mm in-house and to to mixed reviews i mean let's let's bring bethesda bethesda is still using a 25 year old engine to make their games and it's not paying off you know people are expect a little bit more now And and unreal i mean say what you will about um epic game studios as far as their games and whatnot go but I will I will give them credit where credits due with the Unreal Engine and the Unreal Engine is probably one of the best design tools for making games out there. Yeah. Well,
2: it that way they're not so necessarily so bogged down on messing with their engine and they can just focus on the, the graphics and making everything look pretty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I always feel like it's, it's when you have your own engine, you kind of have to work through ways around it. I remember for the longest time, cause I also like sports game. I used to, uh, but then I got too mad at them all the time and I couldn't, uh, but I used <laughs> to play like Madden <laughs> stuff and their frostbite engine. And I think that was a, a whole EA thing. I didn't play battlefield a lot, but I know that that frostbite engine, like they had to work around a lot of its, Its shortcomings. You know, with Unreal, you're kind of just, it's a really good, you know, polished product, and you just kind of work and figure out ways that you can. You know create your vision through these tools and I, I think that's that's what to me surprised the hell out of me was tales of rise this watercolor shading um atmospheric whatever they called it uh graphic style that they used it was a very clear vision and they were able to make it through unreal engine and it was possible through unreal engine and that to me was awesome to see that they they were able to to pull that off
2: it- it's funny because, you know, b- back in the day, people would, would say, oh, it feels like I'm paying a- playing a Pixar game. You know, this was the first time I ever felt like I was legitimately playing an anime.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely was. You know, and this this was again, this wasn't even supposed to be, you know, Scarlet Nexus was the one that Bandai Namco was pushing out. That was supposed to be um, you know, launching with the Xbox. That was the Xbox Directs or showcases or whatever they call them. Um that's the game that was being showcased a lot. You know, that was supposed to be the next gen RPG that was was supposed to look like it and it to me, I mean, it was still good again. I don't want to say too many bad things about Scarlet Nexus. I liked it, but it wasn't until Tales of Arise where it really it wasn't supposed to be that and it ended up being that. So yeah, that- that, uh, applaud all around for that decision and what they did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I played a little bit of Scarlet Nexus, but um, I, I got distracted by something shiny. I think it was tri- Triangle Strategy, actually, because I got it, it for Christmas. Been. Yeah. And um, once Triangle Strategy came out, I got sucked into that and just never went back to Scarlet Nexus. And that it was kind of sad because, I mean, I was enjoying the visual style of that game. But um, you're right. I think that this game kind of showed off what they could do with the
1: graphics. Yeah, it did. Better. And that's that's a point. I'm glad we even talked about that early because if it if that wasn't the case, this very easily could have just been disregarded. Like this could, the battle system still could have been great. The game, the story still could have been great. Everybody could have loved those parts. But what was, I think, think dropping people off from the series was that visually it was stale and they needed something visually that was eye-catching and that's that's the reason why this game ended up selling so well to me like that's why everybody it caught everybody's eye um everybody wanted to try it because it finally it looked new it looked modern um it looked like you know hey there's you know like you just said you know this shiny thing for the first time to me tales of rise wasn't this niche rpg it finally was hey there's this shiny game over here that looks good you know i should i should maybe check it out i think a lot of people checked it out just hmm. because of that so i'm i'm glad we went extended on on visual style uh, because that that unreal engine change did wonders for them
2: huh apparently this is the fastest selling entry in the series yep shipped over one million copies at launch and as of april 2022 it had sold two billion
1: that's a that's awesome numbers for tales like this yeah. this isn't a final fantasy series you know it's not supposed to sell 15 20 million copies you know two millions two millions good for tales that's very good. yeah
2: well ac- according to some people at square final fantasy 16 didn't meet their expectations
1: i know. It's, uh, a, it's a shame. It's the, Final, the, I knew Final Fantasy 16 was always going to have, you know, that, that around it. You know, it was all going to be about sales, yeah. which again, that's why, you know, a thing like Tails, I'm just I'm glad we can uh, we can celebrate it you know, doing well, because it was a game that wasn't supposed to, um, a series that we weren't sure was going to do well, and it does, mm-hmm. and I think it's just easier to celebrate. When Final Fantasy 16, everybody's just dying to see what, how many copies and units it sold. I'm like, I don't uh, care. I just, just want to celebrate if it's a good game and if people enjoy it.
2: Just to picture me doing the jerk-off motion as I said that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what it felt like when I was, I was hearing that, but yeah. No, I'm happy that it sold well. That means now we're getting the DLC. I'm thinking they're putting out the DLC to kind of say to us because they're working on something that they oh, can't announce
1: yet. DLC definitely came out because they went, wow, we didn't expect that. You know, they they obviously expected something good. They put time and they put money and time into this, delayed it. You know, I think they knew they had something good and finally put the resources into making something that would sell well. But I don't think they ever expected that. And again, I think it's just right place, right time that it happened.
2: And, you know, we could talk about the graphics all day, but graphics are nothing without the, the good story. And, I, I said I've said before I didn't like s- Tales of Zestria because I thought the story just went nowhere. I liked Berseria because the story had a point, but then because it was trying to explain everything that happened in Berseria, I kind of got lost. But that, that game,
0: you said Berseria tried to yeah. explain Berseria.
2: Yeah, sorry. Right.
0: Tried to explain. Okay. It's, it's okay. Hysteria, it's yeah. okay.
2: I get the games confused. Sometimes, but <laughs> and you, they you sound the
1: same, I so I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: this game story felt solid and uh, had a goal. And uh, you th- and here's the thing: it was
0: complete. Yep. Yes. Yep. It, there. I mean. I will admit the ending section of the game did kind of drag a little, Mm -hmm. but it's still finished. There, I mean, I'm kind of surprised there is DLC because I didn't feel like there was more to really tell. But it's cool that they're going back and saying, "Oh, now get to look at the world," you know, on the events that happened after.
2: I'm like, okay. Uh, Tam, since you're our story guy, do you want to give us the premise? so, basically, at the, uh, the,
0: how spoilery am I allowed to go? Let me ask um, that first.
2: Complete, absolutely and completely. Where this <laughs> is a refresh. Spoil the
1: heck out of this.
0: <laughs> so, at the beginning of the game, the planet that you are on is ruled by what is thought to be people from the other planet, as this is a binary planet system with a satellite in between. And uh, it is assumed that the one planet um and it happens i uh want to say they were the da- uh, which one were the Donnens and which ones were the
1: Renans uh dan i think was the planet that they were on where you start out with okay yeah so the
0: the, the people of the planet Renan had invaded dunnan for basically soul energy let's I, I forget all the specific terms but yeah soul energy and uh had enslaved the populace to try and gather it and uh so, and you start off as this guy who's like forgotten, like all his past, and can't feel any pain, and uh you know who, yeah, incidentally pretty, gets like gets wrapped up in like bro- in yeah, this yeah, essentially uh, big it was, a, it was
1: it was a very tales of setup where it's like a mm-hmm. very easy. Um, you're a, you're a Danon slave. You're trying to to free yourself from this corrupt, um, higher. Authority and you basically have to Go and defeat the five lords who are um, As Tam said mining this This these energies um, to give To Rena and so basically you're Liberating them free and then you Know the tails thing happens halfway through the game Where everything you thought you knew about You know this world ends up just completely Turning on itself Um, and Basically you realize that Rena is being Controlled by a higher power and uh, It just gets into a lot from there But yeah essentially it's a it's a very Simple setup Um, you have these five lords five different areas and you go basically to liberate um dan and slaves from them
2: yep and the, the main character, Alfin, is who you start out as, and he, he can't feel any pain. He has no memories, and he's wearing an iron
1: mask. Iron mask. And that was... It's iron mask! Yeah, that was in the beginning of the game, too, because you he doesn't have anything to see out of. Like he There's no like eye holes, so you don't see his eyes. And mm-hmm. so there were a lot of memes that came out of that. Um, it was... See, the thing about this game, and it happens in a lot of like anime, and I would say Tales of games, is it's like when it wants to make a point it will do it in very straightforward ways and so to have him you know with this just this iron mask was was kind of an odd choice it worked um it it certainly had it had it's a device and plot use but it was weird (laughs) to see him like when he when he says the line i think at one line he says like oh i see and it's like everybody's like can you though actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, my my personal favorite is the skit where they're talking about, how do you eat with that thing on? Yes! <laughs> so yeah, they I mean, actually, we poke fun they at it, yeah. into the fact that he's wearing this iron mask during some of the conversational skits in the game. <laughs>
2: And the, the inciting event is that a ca- he, I can't remember how it happened, but there's this girl in a caravan that's being transported. Yep. And he's, I, I can't remember, does he break it, does Alvin break it open or does it crash and he just happens to rescue her?
0: Uh, he actually jumps onto it. Yes, he does. Okay, Because he sees her being chased by two goons, basically, and he jumps mm-hmm. on it pull of uh rips out a uh iron bar and basically s- starts uh fighting back against these two goons
2: Mm-hmm. and and that's where you met Shion, who is a is a danon oh wait no a, Renin. a,
0: Renin. a
1: Renin, yeah. Renin.
2: Um. and the difference between danon's and Rennins is that danon's don't can't use arts aka magic and Rennins can
1: right Right. Right. Yeah. are like this higher, it, higher authority. They are uh, more advanced than Danans, and yes, they have the this use of of arts that Danans don't. Um, and obviously, Sheon. The difference with Xion from everybody else is she has these thorns, and uh, you can't approach her, can't go nearer. Uh, again, a very uh, a very straightforward plot device of saying she's like kind of sheltered herself and ver- and a very mm-hmm. isolated character, uh, which I love that. It's it's over this the top storytelling, but um, I think you know. In certain use cases, that's fun, and anime does it a lot, and uh, obviously Tales of is a very anime-inspired uh-huh. oh, um, yeah. video game and series. So it, it works for me, but yeah, it's it's basically their way of saying she's a very isolated um, character, uh, that it's that's uh, hard to, to penetrate um, through these thorns.
2: Yeah, but both uh, literally and figuratively, because she... I mean, I'm not going to mention words. she was a bitch the first half of the game. Yeah. I couldn't oh, yeah. stand her. And you could kind of understand why, because she, she is literally used to having to push people away so that she doesn't hurt them. So she kind of shuts herself off and then happens to meet – and these – thorns, by the way is like electricity she zaps people yep
0: they, they're they co- they're basically dark energy
2: yeah they, they call it thorns but it's more like she, well
0: she they can- don't call it thorns they literally look like thorns
1: yeah it looks like thorn yeah when um and, and you see that a lot but like when they do whenever they do touch it there there is like this um like electricity kind of zap that they feel
2: yeah but yeah
1: I mean obviously yeah it's it's like it's convenient the uh the the girl that you can't get near because of these thorns and all of a sudden you have this guy who doesn't feel pain and it doesn't bother him doesn't doesn't matter at all yeah um, so but the thing is they and what I, I love about the setup is they use all of it so well and there's so many moments um, with Alfin and Sheon, which is why I, I think they're, they're romance uh, but really their relationship together is it, it's so rewarding by the end because they I think they use it brilliantly like when Alfin the mask goes off and he's able to feel pain and um he feels that initial shock and she kind of you know she thought Alfin was the one that she could trust and, and one that um, you know wasn't afraid of her, and then all of a sudden he feels that pain, and it's like she, she he backs off, and she kind of just further isolates herself again. You know, it's, oh, it's, it's just f- they use these plot devices so well all the time.
2: It's like on paper it sounds so cliche, but in exactly. the game itself they make it so fucking beautiful. That yeah, exactly. Cry yeah, every time. Because um, there's this beautiful scene where he holds her for the first time, and she's re- realized that, wow, I kind of like this. I kind of like being right. hugged and yeah. being able to be physically close to someone. Yep. And it, it was a really sweet moment. And then halfway through the game, well, uh, shortly after they meet, his mask gets partially blown off, mainly so that you could actually see how hot he is underneath the mask. <laughs>
1: i will say very awesome looking character design alfin Mm -hmm. alfin is a a i mean i love all the character designs in this game uh dohalim awesome obviously a lot of people are fans of kisara for reasons that um i don't want to say on this skype call um (laughs) or this this recording but uh alpha i think all of them are great alfin's design with like the half mask uh and the two swords it it's so cool i even i don't buy any collector's editions i've never ever done it except for this game um and i there's an awesome um little figure they give you of both Shion and Alfin and, and i love it it's it, they're two excellently designed characters yeah, um,
0: yeah. K- kisara's got a nice booty let's just leave it at that see
1: that's what i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to say it i didn't know if uh, we explicitly wanted to get there but yeah uh if you go on i'm on the tales reddit and like all the tales stuff and man people love themselves some kisara <laughs>
2: Um, So so kind of one of the other inciting incidents of the game is that Chion has, I think, what's it an arts core? Is it an arts core
1: or a mana core? Something, yeah, I think a manacore actually might yeah. be right. Yeah,
2: yeah, a ba- basically a big old ball of fire energy that he some Alvin somehow manages to pull out and can pull out this legendary flaming sword. That again, nobody-
1: something that looks a little bit weird. It makes sense, and I think again works very well. Yeah, but like he's basically pulling out this flaming sword from her chest. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> weird, weird setup.
2: It, it is, but in, in the in the frame of the story, it works because love it. Yep. he he's the only person that can hold the sword, and it gives them the power to basically resist these oppressors. And it also kind of plays into their love story a little bit, because he can hold on to it, but if he holds on to it for too long, he's going to damage himself.
1: And of course, and, yeah.
2: Yeah, then there's one point in the story when, she, when he does, and Shion is furious with him, because you know, she's starting to care for him.
1: Yep. And, but also she can heal. Like it's, it's just, yeah, this great, like give and take, um, you know, the, this perfect connection of those two. Uh, that's, uh, again, I like romance stuff can get really cheesy. And I think this one does end up being cheesy, but in the best way possible. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I usually don't like, um, you know, I don't think the, any romance stories are really handled well too often in games like this, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just over and over again, their connections, just awesome throughout. Um, and it, yeah it's. It's the really the the foundation for this this really awesome story, because I, I like once we get even past that, um, just their their relationship, then we get into these uh, stories, these almost self contained contained stories of each area, and I love how different the areas are, how how each area kind of handles differently because um, look one of the things I was very afraid of when this game first came out is it's a game based on slavery and if you handle that incorrectly like I think a little bit of Final Fantasy 16 from what I've read um, it's something that that really I think will, will get people away from your game like this was not handled correctly it's a very very tough thing to handle but I think what they did very well is each area sort of um, is a different tie-in or representation of how slavery affects people um and sort of that the the, how this oppressing structure can get people to like in the snow area turn on themselves um like the other one um revenge and and those people just because they freed themselves and liberate themselves doesn't mean they were still actually free because there were Mm -hmm. bad people there on that side as well um that were taking the lead um for trying to liberate these people from a certain area. So there were there were so many different cases. And then you get Dolim's case where everything looks great. He's this leader that's, you know, of course he's he's the leader and he says things and people do it, but he's very kind one in thought. And then all these things underneath of them are happening and he's just sort of naive to it. So it's, it's, it's just every facet of, of that that's kind of looked at and I thought was, was done very well. The first half of this game, I, I think Tam was right. You know, the second half, I love the ending and it worked for me and we'll get to that. But I think the first half of the game, this is an excellent setup. Like this. This was so well done, um, and it's not many times I could say the first half of the game was a lot better than the second half. But this game is one of those. Uh,
0: well, so my take with the with the Tales games is not that they're really half, but they're actually really always done in like thirds.
1: Yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I would say the the first half was definitely very, or the first third is very strong, where you're going around to the different towns, sort of freeing them. Um, the second the the second third of the game um where it starts to dive into you know the bigger issue of you know stopping the uh, the whole war or the whole stuff from the very beginning was i think pretty good but then um, i honestly felt the last third is where it sort of felt the week the weekend with the with the Yeah, really I would agree with that. Deficit.
1: I'd say the first the first two acts were definitely the strongest. With the second act I think doing very well, but then, you know, the third act. Uh, again, there's some things that really worked for me and why I I loved it, but definitely uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to admit and I know that the third act is is not as strong as the first two, for sure.
2: Yeah, cuz c- the third act is where they whip out the thing with the moon and how it turns out that um Alphen was on this mood as a part of the series of experiments No, that's the that's, second act that's the
1: second so that's like the yeah that's that's the second uh like the actually that might be the beginning of the third act when it gets all the Rena so basically the only part I didn't like about that is it was very info dumpy uh yeah info yeah. dump oh, a ton of stuff on you of like Alfin and there's like this whole computer room actually that if you spend the time you can spend almost an hour on there just reading everything because it tells you everything about um oh my god I'm forgetting the bad guy's name already which I shouldn't um but it tells you everything about him, who's basically the foil of Alfin. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like all of this info. he was out. like,
0: well, he was an, he was another experiment, but he had he was basically yes. insane. You know, they come out and say, yeah, he was insane, and he was yep. supposed to be disposed of, but he didn't it's
1: get this crazy. Um, all this info, yeah, that they kind of just throw on you. So yeah, that that part, that pacing was very weird. Um, but you know, I, I think yeah, the first two acts for me certainly certainly
0: hit. Yeah, I say the third act is basically once you leave the the moon which turns out to be a space station and actually go to the other space station and the final and basically what is the final dungeon that's to me all a third act
2: okay and and we forgot to mention that there was a contest between all of these lords on dana that whoever gathered the most spirit energy becomes the overlord yep and i can't remember what happened with that
0: um basically what happened is you find out that the whole thing is a sham and uh the lords who were supposed to go to the home world of Rena were actually turned into the boss that you fought halfway through the final dungeon.
2: Okay, gotcha.
0: That was that weird amalgamation creature that you fight.
1: Okay. And I was talking about Vol'ron. I forgot his name, but it's Vol'ron. Yeah. Yeah, Volf- the, the Volf- Dark swordsman. Very cool look and was awesome. And they did not. That was the one part out of the entire story. They did nothing with Vol'ron. Ah uh, Volron was just there to be a sort of foil for for Alfin and, and didn't like I got there going for. And again, like some of it worked for me, and a lot of this game worked for me, to be honest. Uh, but Volron was just an afterthought a lot of the time which was kind of uh kind of stuck because this game really needed a villain and essentially the villain ended up being um a planet essentially was <laughs> the the planet that was stealing from Rena um it was like that that was it that planet which was decaying and dying because of its um its fear of of basically essentially you know, dying as a planet. That was the that was essentially the villain. So like this game really didn't have that great of a villain. Um, they had great you know antagonists throughout. Um, I think some of them were really good against some of the lords that they had to to face. Oh, the um, the third the, the, thir- the third
0: lord. I think the third lord was the the one I. Person, yeah, like, Madria.
1: Um, she was really good. Emilia Canaris, I think her name was, very, yeah, very good.
0: this you know, when you first see her, she she acts all nice, kind of like Do and then you find out no, she she's a twisted, she's a twisted lady.
1: Yeah, it, see that that's what was really great though, is you as you dig into you know these areas and and you know the Lords again, it just it it further builds upon itself of like, so this is what Dolim was like. Very nice Lord. And then you get to the other one and um, it seems like she is. And, you know, she ends up just being very twisted. Uh, it was, it, it, again, the the first two acts, and especially you know going through those, I think it was the five Lords, that was so good. Um, like I can't even again like articulate enough uh, just how well I think it builds on itself, um, how much of the layer they kind of peel back on this world, on you know the way things work and, and again, um, this idea of how you know, slavery and, and oppressors can affect societies and things. like it was it was so well done.
2: Let me quick go back to the thing on the moon. Because um, there was a thing about, I almost said Clive, you got me thinking about Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> Alfin uh, turning out to be exper- an experiment and... Yep. I believe that was Shion's ancestor, where they were supposed to carry out this ritual.
1: Yeah, it was a, a ritual. Yeah, of an ancestor that looked like Shion too, um, very, very closely related to Shion. And she ends up uh, even wearing the the outfit in the ceremony that he first went through. And so, yeah, that was a that was a really cool arc for me for for Alfin, who was this representation of fighting back against the oppressors, and he was mm-hmm. the the leader of this. That he had, he was just kind of racked with guilt because. Because of he was the one that uh, was given this power and he basically brought on uh, in that first ceremony ceremony brought on this um, crazy destruction that left a bunch of people dead and so it was it was cool to 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 see that arc play through and Alfin um, trying to figure out you know I I, look he was always a a great person so to speak uh, but you know as that played out you know who he really was and and his past and trying to reconcile what he had done was very good.
2: And, the, and that cutscene where she puts the mask on him so that he'll forget what he went through.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. It
2: was just heart-wrenching because I think he's catatonic at that point when she's doing that. Uh so he, he sees it happening and he's he's begging her not to do, do it, but she was basically doing it as a kindness because yeah.
1: of it. Yeah. So doing it to basically okay. save him from himself because he yeah. was yeah, I mean he was basically he was he was going insane because of of what he, essentially he did or at least what the ceremony um, kind of made him do,
0: and and you could tell that he had a uh, definitely had feelings for her. Now, see, here's the one conundrum I have for all of this, though. Okay, and this this is the one plot hole, and I know it's like the most strangest plot hole anyone can think of. How the hell does she have kids? That I yeah don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Because Xion is a descendant of her line, like how, like what was it, a hundred years, a couple hundred years? I forget how long it's been going on.
1: Yeah, something like that. Because it was revealed, yeah, Alvin, Alfin was a a very old person. He, he was like, older than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> They poked fun of it a lot, which is funny.
0: Yeah, I like the fact they did, but, but that was the thing. Like, you know, sh- since Xion's ancestor, who was there with Alphen when this all started, had, you know, pulled what bit of this dark energy into her so and ended up with the thorns. How the hell could she, did she get laid, basically? Because Shion had to come from somewhere, and it obviously passed down through the family, <laughs> How yeah,
1: that's a good question. I I don't know if they ever explained it or if it they, they, enough. I they, no, remember, no one
0: but. explained it, and I don't think most people care. But it's just one of those small little plot devices that's like, how did this work?
2: Yeah. <laughs> did, did the game ever even explain why she had the thorns?
0: Oh yeah, it
1: did. Yeah, it
0: yeah. Did. That was basically uh, part of the dark. En- the the spirit. Uh, the spirit lord of the uh, of Rena who because he was basically trying to pull all the spirit energy off of Dana. So um, Xion's ancestor realized what was happening and purposely cut the connection during the ceremony that was transferring the energy and basically took the energy of the bit of energy that had seeped through from Rena into herself. And that is how uh, the thorns came about within her family line.
2: Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, that was all explained. Just not the bit of, how could she have kids after that point? Because she she was basically, if she was doing the deed, she'd be electrifying the dude.
2: (laughs) Um, Artificial insemination, I guess.
0: I don't know but um
2: we also didn't get into the other characters that joined your party because you've got renwell uh, who
0: oh i loved! Uh, i loved. I, uh, um so when i was streaming this uh for our t- channel at, and you can catch us at twitch.tv slash rpgamer and this is uh entire playthrough is saved in our collections um one of our uh very frequent watchers uh moogle lactomancer i believe was very hesitant about picking up the game um because they they like uh they like playing and controlling the mages and rinwell um honestly one of the first uh mages that could i've actually seen in the game where offensively could steal interrupt by stealing enemy spells and then cast them right back at them, all in the same action.
2: Yeah, that was crazy.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, that that alone made uh, Google uh, actually uh, be like, oh, I I want this game now. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I credit us streaming the game for one sale of Tales of Arise.
1: <laughs> nice, that's what we're here for. But yeah, I mean, they you know Rinwell, Law, Doalim, and Kisara all I you know because Tales is known for its Great ensemble cast and especially the the party cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this to me was maybe the best one um yep. just overall because Rinwell and law and they they all work in pairings right because al and Chion, um they're a pairing um law and Rinwell they're basically a pairing and, and essentially I'd say foils for each other but you know they mm-hmm. they work in, in their storyline in similar ways and then also you get to kisar and dolim which connected because kisar was part of dolim's um territory and and they have this this connection and bond which changes drastically as the story goes on uh so and for, all it's just, of them. for all of them yeah all of them do and um you get to see you know rinwell who was just pretty much ridden with revenge um uh, in that third lord that we were talking about and law was the one that stopped her from it because law has kind of been there and and able to understand how she feels uh kisara and dolene like kisara has this great arc of forgiveness uh for dolene because of what happened to kisara's brother and dolene you know not being a even though he's a a kind person trying to rid himself of being an oppressive and also um this kind of authoritative figure uh over her like it's just it's it's so well done dolim ends up being probably my favorite character out of everyone in the game uh but it's it's because of all the stuff that happens with him and kisara so it's just it's a great cast that all blends together perfectly and it, you know, it's also the best when you can hear the banter, and the banter ends up being phenomenal. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just all personalities that work together, stories that work together uh, in many ways, and it it just leads to so many fun moments, whether at the campfire with skits, uh, all that stuff. Uh, so th- this was a this was an excellent cast.
0: I, I my one of my personal favorite skits uh, going to just and, and exemplifies the growth, not just the growth of the characters, but each of their personalities is the there's a skit where shion cooks pancakes
2: yeah
0: and they and she and she cooks them all and she cooks all of them pancakes and you know and they're all commenting how they're really good and and then uh i forget if i think it was law who tries uh alfin's pancakes and it's like, oh my god! And he's like, oh my god! These are really spicy. What the heck? Because uh, that was one of the things too. Was um, they did, all, of course, all have their different uh, food preferences. Like Law really liked meat, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is a very tropey thing for anime. How I will say, I will let you all know that if if people were not aware. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there are
1: tropes. There, there's the, a really the, lot of tropes to this.
0: Game. Yeah, there's a lot of tropes, but. Uh, you know, uh, Alfin because of his lack of uh, being able to uh, feel for so long, he likes spicy foods, like really spicy foods. And then uh, so so Shion created all these different pancakes for each, basically one for each party member because of yeah. the fact
1: yeah, that was a whole like storyline, uh like side quest too. It, it,
0: but yeah, to your I, point, I, there's a lot of great
1: for- it's a lot of great characterization over and over again. The characterization, I mean, these are fully you know everything about these characters, taste, um, what they don't like, you know, everything. I mean, the characterization that is done, which is always great about Tales. The characterization, you, you get to see characters' personalities in so many different circumstances. Uh, again, the campfire thing is a big one. But I, I love good characterization in this game, is just just full of it. And there's a yeah, part of
0: part of it too with the with the whole on cooking and how good these pancakes turned out is in the very beginning she could not cook.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it it shows you know her growth as a as a person too with being able to interact with others because yeah. you know as we yep. were saying,
1: Being, she, it's a way of connecting with people. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, getting back to some of the character backstories, uh, looking at Ren Renwell, when Renwell's, and just how deep deeply tragic hers was because she was one of the rare Danons that was able to cast magic, and I, I guess she was casting magic one day, and that's how a Ren, Renan Lord found her and her parents and basically just off them, and that's why she started. Uh, hates renans you yeah
1: and and that's what that's what connects them so that's that's a lot of what's what's going on to the party too is that they are both renwell law Danens who have felt loss and pain at the hands of renan lords and and mm-hmm. renan um and then here comes you know dolim who is Renin and also kisar is not renan but she certainly like there's a connection there with her and renwell um so it's it's like they are it's It's again, a full well-rounded party. and I, I think it's it's great because I think the theme of the game really to me is um coexisting with you know people that have hurt you, oppressed you, um, and instead of completely eradicating and you know everything just turning into utter chaos and bitterness and um revolting, you no know, there's there's got to be some some coexisting in, in areas, you know, obviously mm-hmm. like this game, does a really good, and it's funny. One of my favorite like lines, like revelations of the game comes in like a side quest, like a small side quest. If you like, listen to a lot of the dialogue that's happening between NPCs and things like that, they figure out, you know, they have this really cool dialogue of if, you know, Renan's because the Renan's end up being Dan uh, essentially the story ends up Renan's end up becoming Danon's uh, or they were Dan They were, they were
0: basically, basically Danon's who, uh, who are, were- Kidnapped because they could cast magic.
1: Essentially, they're all the same. They're all the same. You know, it's like you, you unveil the curtain. It's like, okay, we're, we're all the same people, all the same, uh, essentially, species, and um, we come from the same same you know cloth. And so you pull that back, but it's then the question of, you know, well, they were being, those Redden lords were basically used as tools um, for this overall big thing that was trying to um, basically use Renan and Danans in a way to, to create this energy so it could save itself. And so they were basically used as tools, but does that, they had a great conversation in dialogue of does that end up forgiving them though like is it that easy to just forgive them oh well you were a tool in all of this should we forgive you and the answer to that was no There are still things that they did that you can't just forgive but at least you come to a place of understanding and to me that's what i liked it was a, it was more of a place of understanding and coexisting more than forgiveness um so it was it was really like again great dialogue in ways that this was handled and i think the party represents that very well so yep. that's what i liked about the party the most too it, it was it was a very good reflection of its of its themes
2: and you know you, you got to be careful with stories like that because as you said earlier Absolutely. John stories like that can feel very heavy-handed the, this one felt great without having that kind of heavy-handedness i didn't you know put, playing final fantasy 16 there were some days it was like man this game is kind of rough and I never felt that way with this game.
1: No. And I, I think always with a, a game that's very anime, uh, I think one thing this game got criticized for, if we want to get into some of the ending stuff now, but yeah. one of the things the game got criticized for was, um, it was essentially the power of friendship that ended mm-hmm. up, you know, this this game ended up being, which I thought was a complete that oversimplification of what the game was saying. Like, yes, it does get to that, but um, you know, there it is a essentially a bond that can't be broken but it was more of, so basically the will of Dana uh, was used to help Alfin destroy this planet and essentially um, destroy its will. So basically there were two astral spirits, Dana and Rena. And the people of Dana essentially is the will of Dana, whatever they think. And the whole point of this game was the Dannans on the planet, could they coexist enough? Could they have the singular thought of you know the betterment of the people, their world? And it did end up working that, you know, people did have the same thought of we want things to be better. Um, So Mm -hmm. it was their will that ended up helping Alphan win. And so, again, it came at a place of not the power of friendship, but the power of people, societies, communities coming together and that being stronger than um, an isolated dying planet trying to uh, trying to basically work for itself.
0: Mm -hmm. And the planets are merged
1: (laughs) and they're merged. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'll be one. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: all are one
1: (laughs) because what what happens is there is this I forgot what this device was, but it was basically this almost AI computer thing that was basically giving them the details of this is the way you end up. Um, destroying that planet, which was uh, a No, it wasn't
0: an AI. It was actually um one of the actual uh people of Rena.
1: Yes, that ended up had... be like becoming a supercomputer type thing.
0: No, it was basically in a in a capsule controlling a space station far enough away from Rena where the will of Rena could no- not influence it.
1: Because basically,
0: yes. y- you end up basically killing all the people of Rena except for that one in the end because of the fact they all were yeah, used and as that
1: and I remember that thing it was telling them basically how to how to solve this big problem that they were in and it was giving them the the not the easiest solution but this is the one that works like this is the the plan like if you had to give percentages to these three options you know here's this one option that is going to work um you know it's the best option you have but it ends up in you know she on being basically killed uh I just I like how there's that that play of, well, here's what taking emotions out of it, what should be done and the calculated plan. And still using, again, the will of people and emotions and and all of that to instead rid themselves of of this kind of curse that was placed on Rena and Shion. Like, it's 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 just a really well done thing of, you know, yes, people, people and our emotions and thoughts and and our will is more important than, you know, here's, you know, here's what the calculations say here's the correct way of doing things. It's just it's really good. Uh, it's a really hopeful, compassionate, I think, ending. Mm
2: hmm. Also sort of reminded me of Tales of Symphonia with the merging of worlds.
1: Yes. Uh, this what well, yeah this one cuz this um I guess we we haven't talked about this yet but Tales of Rise is actually a 25th anniversary um, oh, game yeah. for Tales so yeah they they did put into this a lot of Symphonia stuff and yeah. past game stuff and that was one of them.
2: Um I I remember being gobsmacked when I realized that all of the relics you could get in the game <laughs> were uh namco references cuz it yes. some of it was kind of over my head until I got one of the items of the glutton which was very clearly a Pac-Man base, and I was like, wait a minute, are these all Namco references? And of course, because it I was yeah. tiny, I didn't see the fine print that was like, P- Pac-Man, cop- uh, copyright Namco. So, so that there's a Tekken one, a Soul Calibur one a bunch of them from games I've never heard of that were Japan only. And oh, the, yeah. my my favorite one ended up being a, a lucky cat based off of Rolo from Zillia one and two or no Zillia two.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there were also like that, the relics. And then also uh, if we want to get into some of that side content, yeah. Uh, Hoodle. Yeah. Hoodle and, and finding all the birds.
0: They, oh, oh, the the, the dub for those birds had me laughing. So yeah, bad. it was
1: great.
2: <laughs> Who? Is <laughs> um they did yeah, that in they did that in Zillia too as well with the cat uh mini mini game where you would just hear meow, meow. I
0: know. But it, it still amuses me when they do stuff like that. At, when, I, mm-hmm. I, I I loved it. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was it, like, this it, is it, great.
2: Especially when you have surround sound and you hear hooting somewhere and you're like, oh God, where' where's the owl? I don't want to miss the owl. Um because because yeah, I, I I love mini games where you have to find things
1: because yeah. it, it gives you this game your- this game was perfect for that too, because they these were not this was not one big overworld. You end up going into, you know, you could fast travel into different areas, um, and essentially you would you would just explore this area. Tails games are not very exploration heavy and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even say this game is too heavy in exploration but it's done so well that you can find collectibles you can find things in the world treasure chests you know diving into lakes or you know finding branching paths did, or whatever did you, did
0: you take the big fall off the waterfall
1: of course I loved it I like <laughs> I, the fact all of that stuff
0: I, I like the fact that um, I did that just I was like I wonder if there's something down here and you jump off and it's like achievement I'm
1: like right. what and that, but that's what <laughs> yeah. I I love because Tales games did never had that you know it always just feel like you're, you're going from point A to point B you will fight some enemies in between that you can branch off in different paths and find chests but this was actually it felt like exploring for the first time and really you know figuring out every single inch of these areas in this world and you know finding things like the hoodle and the birds uh, treasure chests relics like all of it um, i also i, I also like when you
0: were climbing up out of that lake going to the waterfall the comments like oh man like does this ladder ever end
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I've, it's just great because you find little that. moments like that. Like, I remember finding a, a cave uh, behind a waterfall and it was, you know, things like that Um being oh, that able was, to just swim.
0: Yeah, that was one of the uh side bosses, which was basically a throwback yes. to the, uh you know, the four spirits, you know, earth, fire, wind and water. That was actually to fight uh Undine.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that, again, another moment where you just, again, you're finding monsters in the world. Uh, I love the fact that they're in the beginning of the game before you even get, I think, into really your first town. And here's this giant uh, level 40 monster and you're like level five. You can't (laughs) even face it. It's moments like that. That, to me, has never been in a Tales game before. Like, there's moments of the world just feeling alive. Uh, Vesperia actually did have those. Vesperia Vesperia did, but again, not in a way of me exploring and... And you know, finding True. figuring out things. Um, it Vesper- was just kind of laid there for you. Like it was, you know, easy in plain sight for you. Vesperia um, still felt a little on rails. Um yeah, they- and I love Vesperia. Again, I like I this is coming from somebody that loves tales, um, and, and those style of games and, and the way that they're made. But yet yeah, this was man, the the exploring in this game. It was, it was something that Berseria tried, didn't do well. Um, I know they were tr- like, you know, making an effort to do that, and they nailed it in Tales of Arise. Because this, by nature, this game isn't one. I don't need Tales of Arise to be an open-world game and to be uh, a sandbox playground like a Bethesda game or anything like that. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. this to be bleeping Starfield. Um, but I just, I want to interact with the world in some way. And I feel like Arise is the first one that you really can actually interact with.
2: Yep, I, I completely concur. That being said, the owls are adorable, and when I realized that some of them were named or were dressed like past tales characters, I laughed my ass off (laughs) to to the point where I'm pasting Twitter screenshots. It's like, who is this supposed to be? I've been staring at this owl for an hour, and I cannot figure out who it's supposed to be. And I don't think I didn't
0: catch on to that.
2: Yeah. Like I said, funnily enough, they did that in uh, with the cat mini game too, where they had cats that were dressed like past Tails characters.
0: See, I, th- I, I just took, uh, see, with the ones I think that you were commenting about, which were the five, like, at the end that you could find, mm-hmm. I always took it as, you know, they, they did comment that the feathers were based off of sort of the uh, energy that was in that particular region. So that's how come one was like half right. white, half black was because of the fact that it was the whole day night.
2: I, I think that half white, half black one was also supposed to be a reference to Luger and Zillia, too, because he had. At halfway, half black hair.
1: Yeah, it was it was very good side content though, and I. (laughs) That's what I. Um, that's what I. I mean, everything to me was so streamlined. Well, in this game, like as an experience, this game was so much fun to play. Um, because I I wasn't hampered. Like one of my biggest gripes with like Final Fantasy VII remake is that you had to do things sometimes at specific times, and they would always kind of halt your progress. I felt like at Arise, I had obviously you know you have to stay within the linear story. Like, uh, uh, by nature, you know, these games are linear like most JRPGs and and games like this. And I love that. Uh, but, you know, if I... If I wanted to branch off and start doing, you know, fighting these big beasts, these almost boss fights, um, I could do that. If I wanted to just do the whole story and do those later, I could do that. Um, there was just th- this game just allowed the freedom to you to, you know, do what you want. Uh, you obviously, you know, again, follow the linear story, but kind of do things at your own pace. And I love that. You know, if, if I wanted to just sit down and knock out an hour of side quests, I could do it if I wanted to. I could skip mm-hmm. them and go back to them later if I wanted to, because I just fast travel back there. And pick right back where I left off in that area. Uh, it was it was great in that way. And the side quests, I know some of them ended up being fetch quests, but a lot of this game ended up just being. Um, and we haven't talked about the battle system yet, but a lot of this game ended up just being. We know our battle system's good, and we're going to show it off at every every chance possible, and throw at you some fun boss fights and fights. I know some of the the villains or some of the enemy enemies could be spongy at times. I know that was a big criticism of the game. Oh very spongy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every fight to me ended up being fun though. Um oh, it was yeah. fun in, in um, some way. And so, so a lot of this I... game was like, hey, there's this big monster over there that is preventing us from, you know, as a you know traveling to this area. Can you do that, you know, defeat them for us? And a lot of it was that and I loved it.
0: Yeah, so I will admit uh when I play a Tales game, I do not um i i run the battle system on auto because i don't have the right right coordination to to handle all those types of right. n- different yep. inputs so but uh i will always say uh definitely watching the fights play out was always a uh, fun for me
1: i loved it yeah and i love this was by far the best tales battle system and one of my favorites I think that I've played in terms of like in sort of obviously this game isn't full on like Final Fantasy 16 action RPG uh, but still an action game um, uh, you know real time game and it it was awesome this is by far the best Tales battle system the most fun to play uh, I think there's a lot there is a lot of depth to it but also it's simplified enough like, like most because Tales basically is based on fighting games Tales of Arise Foundation was 2D fighting games um, and they that's how they kind of created their battle system System. This kind of got back to that. You know, combos were fun to use. Um, switching to different characters, they basically encouraged you to switch to different characters. Um, mm-hmm. You had so many different ways to use um, a character's. Um, ability to assist you to um, extend a combo and so this is the first Tails game i ever played where i could get a combo of 100 and feel like i'm one of those guys or people that i watch on youtube with these long ass combos i'm like i can actually do that now so there was there was enough that it was simple enough but enough depth that you can't even go further uh, it just from the first hour to the last I could play this game and this battle system over and over and over again
2: sorry it was one of those battle systems that I felt like I was I could actually do well without
1: yes fashion. right yes like you actually had to think of okay here's how I can use Shion's to Shion's move to help me to keep a character in the air um, mm-hmm. and, and continue to use arts there and string together an art from because there's two different ones there's ground arts and then you can knock somebody in the air and Then you start using air arts um, and connecting them together and finding out ways to use them together and using so many different arts because if you keep spamming the same one the damage goes down Uh, so finding out to string together different ones it was because always with Symphonia and even Vesperia probably two of my favorite ones you had to use very specific combos in very specific orders in very specific ways this one was open you know you can it's for if you want to do the longest combo possible in the game I'm sure there are certain combos that you have to use correctly in a certain order but it wasn't necessary and I could use them in different orders and I could find ways to connect different arts together to come up with long combos that I would have never been able to do in any other Tales game. So that that enjoyment to me, that lasted forever to the point where this is the first game I've ever platinum on PlayStation I've never platinum a game before, I've never completed anything 100% I beat this game fully because I could play it over and over and over again without that getting stale
2: and you're you're reminding me of when i tried to platinum zillia 2 and (laughs) yeah that you have to do a lot of dumb combos stuff and i was i just sat there one day it's like why am I wasting my time doing? Yeah, this? and this
1: game has a combo-based um, trophy that you have to get, but it's it's something that if you end up working enough or interacting enough with the battle system, you can figure it out. Like it is, there are ways for you to just experiment enough with it to figure that out.
0: As I said, I I, I tend to use full auto so um, for the combat. Just, just now, because when I don't you use full right...
1: auto, because I think one of the great things about the Tales games is there is um, a lot of tinkering around with the battle system options, um, especially. for... For characters that you're not using the AI-controlled ones, um, mm-hmm. were, was there enough of that strategy in this game? Since you probably had to use that a lot,
0: um, yeah. So uh, that was one of the things I did like. Uh, honestly, this one and Tales of Grace's F, I think, are the two yeah. best tales combat systems.
1: Okay, yeah, Grace's F was really good too. I play. Yeah, I so I've only played like five to ten hours, but even within those five to ten, I knew like that's that's a fantastic battle system.
0: Yeah. So um, the so the big difference between the two. Is um, like in this one, like even when I, you know, when the game's doing full auto, I could still use, you know, the, the one thing that would allow me to do the special interrupts. Yep. So I still so I still had to like I still had some things in battle I was doing instead of just letting the battle do itself. And then the other thing um, and which is why I like Tales of Grace's F and I think the two are the really standout um, battle systems is Tales of Grace's F. Um, has you, or has specific abilities that will deal more damage to specific monster types. And to activate them you have to sometimes hold down different buttons to to get those combos to Pull off
1: yeah that's great because so, uh, i know strategy because i used it a lot in vesperia i never knew if i was using it correctly um all the different options and um there's so many ways to tinker with it you know whether that mm-hmm. be you know somebody using um giving them the ability to use um uh healing items or the ability to use their arts um and to to kind of you know only use a certain amount of their uh what is it tp in entails in i always get it mixed up yeah well,
0: TP. I mean, TP. Although the yes. tp no longer exists in the newer ones
1: yeah so this what was different here was cp um and I, I think that, so they wanted to go very hard into, I think, making this not a challenging no, they, game.
0: No, they start they start using a system like that back in Zillia.
1: Did they really? So yeah. I, mm-hmm. they to me, they, because they didn't really use that in Berseria. So you had CP and it would only get replenished after you were able to, I think it was a campfire no, or but, something that you were able yeah, to Yeah, no, replenish. Berseria used it too. Did they really? Yeah, I, I there didn't, was no TP in Berseria either. Right. So, I mean, CP in the way of healing. Like in a, through a certain dungeon, you know, you can only use a certain amount and the only way to replenish it is with orange juice. Oh, that, uh, right? because yeah, that,
0: that, that was new to this one. Yeah,
1: that new feature. That, yeah, I'm, I'm explaining it poorly. Uh, okay. so that's my bad. No, but no, that,
0: it's okay. It's trying to remember, trying to remember every mechanic for every game we play
1: is, oh, it's, it's so hard. But that, that CP would give you a certain amount. And obviously, as you raise levels, um, it would get higher. But you, if, as you were going through, let's just say, a dungeon and you're, you know getting to this final boss of the dungeon you only had a certain amount of cp and i think it would only get replenished with like when you sat down at a campfire and rested um and so i think what this game tried to do was actually challenge you to get better at playing the game at avoiding um hits and um, making sure that you are actually getting better at the game. And so I think what happened for a lot of people is they just use, started using CP and healing items over and over and spamming that thing. And then they got to the end and they were like, oh, I wish I had more orange gels. But orange gels prices were so high in this game that it was hard to afford them and also have the the right equipment to end up getting through a certain area. So I think, I, you know, I liked that part of the game because it challenged me to get better because I was one of those. I got to Dolim's Um, When he gets in that rage and you have to beat him in uh, that final boss fight in that area. And I was completely out of healing items. I only had like a couple left, like a couple apple gels. And I used almost all my CP because I completely forgot to change the settings. And my party just started using them willy nilly. and just started using all of them. And so it, it forced me that moment. I got a lot better at the game because I had to face Doilem about 20 times to finally beat him Oof. Because I didn't have any of it. And I didn't want to go all the way back because you essentially have to almost restart in a way. So I was like, I'm stuck. And I, it, I got so good at that battle system and avoiding and, you know, <laughs> learning patterns. Uh, and I don't do that. Like, I don't play Souls games a lot. You know, I'm really hard at figuring out patterns for enemies. I don't really play mo- Monster Hunter either. So that was a really tough thing for me to get a hold of and... You know, it basically forced me to learn. So that big criticism of you know, orange gels are too expensive and the the um, the currency system's broken. It was like, no, I think this game forced you to get better at it and actually interact with it and learn it. And it to me worked. Um, I know for some people it didn't, but that that certain specific combat um, move that they made or at least gameplay decision they made to me forced me to get better. And so I can only tip the cap and be like, you know what? That part of the game worked. Like, good for you. That feature was good. And, and I I play most games
2: on the easiest difficulty just so that
1: I'm not... I prepared. tried not to. I got close at that point. I'm not going to lie. There was I, only one game I've ever gone easy on and that was Xena Play Chronicles 2. I could not beat that game to save the life of me.
2: <laughs> that That's understandable. No, uh, It was so hard. Action games in particular, I have to play on easy because otherwise I hurt my wrists really bad trying to.
1: Oh yeah, and this game's very involved. Yeah, a, a lot um, in in using you know in dodging and all that stuff. But I, again, I, you know I appreciate it because I like I like action based um, combat games uh, and figuring out rhythms and and timing dodges. Uh, it was great to the to the point where I got to the end of the game and I had to get one platinum trophy or one trophy left to get platinum. It was you know I had to wait for some party members or certain Characters use a certain amount of their spells. And so essentially, I was so good at dodging that I could dodge a, a certain character over and over again and have them just spam their arts um and it was whatever they were so low of a level that they couldn't even uh destroy whatever this character was so it was really cool to have that um happen where i got so good at the game just by again playing it and getting better and learning patterns uh that i could for an entire fight for like i think i played this for like 20 minutes like one enemy just dodge it over and over again and that to Mm -hmm. me that to me means that they it worked you know the, the way that they designed that game forced me to get better and it it I did.
0: Yeah, so um since you're saying dodging and and casting arts that's Rinwell. That's easy <laughs> cuz she's the only one who can dodge and then cast.
1: Yeah, she right. I I mean arts in like I guess their oh. their moves. But yeah, Rinwell that was really great too is that each party member was so specific in their use. I see I play RPGs and JRPGs like a absolute casual noob where i just want to be give me i want to be the main guy i want to use the swords and that's who i want to be but this game it was and i i can't wait i want to do a second playthrough uh because i want to i want to use different characters because there was they actually were so fun to use and I, i i remember i tried them all uh, but they they had their own unique battling uh, mechanics that made them fun to play. And that's that's so hard to do in a game like this. And mm-hmm. they pulled it off so well. The ba- I don't know if they tried to before in games, but again, like most things I was saying with this game, they just did it so much better than every other Tales game to where Rinwell felt like a completely different character to play and fun to cast arts, which no art caster has been fun to ever play in a Tales game. Uh, Law was a, a very uh, fist-based character, and that was fun to play. Kisara was the only one that could block, and timing her blocks was great. Doalene with the staff and this kind of mid-range character. She on with her, um, that rifle that she had. It was all so different ways, so many different ways to play, uh, and they were all so much fun to play as well.
0: The joke weapons were pretty good this time too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: The uh, joke weapons were farm equipment. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I loved them, and I loved because I, I again I'm one I I want to keep the same costume that they gave me in game, so I can like make sure the cutscenes aren't weird. Uh, but once I beat the game and I was going through all the the extra after game content, uh, after main story content, I started doing weird things. And yeah, like I had a carrot as a sword. It was awesome. <laughs> like I loved it. I put two eye patches on Alfin. So he basically had the mask again. I couldn't see Um, like all all the things like that.
0: Well, one of his one of his head options is for the mask.
1: Yes. And you can get the mask. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and that,
0: And that was another thing is you you didn't have to. Um, have the that particular weapon like equipped to get the look? They actually put in a system where you could have the look of different weapons.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. So you can have you can use the stats of that weapon, but switch to another one because there were some I just I thought looked better. Uh, it, it was again this game. Uh, I think the one way I, you know I, I could easily just describe it. it was fun. Like everything was so much fun about this game, and it didn't take itself too seriously all the time. Um, there are so many ways to customize. Uh, it was everything to me was was. Just a a fun to play. There wasn't any at any point where I got annoyed that I couldn't do something. You know, it always gave me the freedom, whether it was cosmetics or how I wanted to interact with the story, you know, whatever it was just to do what I wanted. Uh, And that was that was great.
2: Um, One last thing that I don't think we touched on was the music.
1: Yeah, Yeah, music. So I don't think this is the best. Tales soundtrack in terms of melodies. I think there are probably more memorable soundtracks, but this one sounded the best because they had the orchestra. Mm -hmm. And so there are some like I, this is very, very easily like I don't, I'm not in school anymore, so I don't study. But like when I'm working, I like to have sort of orchestral things playing. It just helps me relax. This has basically been that for me. Um, It's it's a very great, grand orchestral soundtrack. Again, maybe not the strongest melodies, most memorable ones, uh, but certainly when you're playing the game it the game sounds phenomenal with this soundtrack. It's very complementary. Instead of being the star of the show, uh, like most tail soundtracks have, this one is very complementary to to what the game you're seeing on screen and everything happening.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no, not, nothing. I love in, in a big. I, I was gonna say open world, but a, but not. This game is an open world, but the huge areas like this game had. Yeah. I, oh, I yes, love definitely a sweeping orchestra that to yes. go with them. Feels so epic.
1: It does. It, it's just, you know, great to run around. And when I'm going from town to town and fast traveling and all that, you know, the music mm. just it, it hits so well. So yeah, I again, not not probably the most memorable soundtrack, uh, probably not the best in the Tales series uh by any means because Tales has actually had some killer soundtracks um mm. in the past. But this was probably the most complimentary sounding soundtrack to a game that they've had
2: yep it, it was certainly beautiful the, the, the last thing we usually do before we go into the round table is uh of price and availability um you can get disc versions of this game for the consoles for like 20 to 30 bucks and yeah I, I, it is
1: it is affordable right now it is and for the, all of this game's content you know for 20 30 bucks and, and you know easy experience well worth it it is that is a perfect price for this game
2: and then i was curious to see what it was on steam and luckily they're only charging 40 for the game yeah but I, I you can you that. can buy the game and the expansion when it comes out for 60 which is not that bad of a deal no considered. and even
1: i would say if you you want to uh, wait you're not like chomping at the bit to play it's on sale a lot
2: yeah yeah and the and
0: the expansion is running 30 by itself
2: yeah so you're essentially saving 20 bucks by, by buying the bundle which i appreciate um yeah how much did you pay for
1: that collector's edition when it came out um so yeah this is where bandai priced that thing up way higher than it should have been look it came with a cool thing it came with um um book with all the the art of like all the enemies and characters and things and like extra little uh, details which is really cool to see a figure that came with it the steel bookcase, um, but it ended up being over 300 dollars. wow and that, that that's way overpriced it was way <laughs> overpriced and i was like so i was always going back and forth because my you know my brother's big in the video games too i was going back and forth it was like i shouldn't because it's a lot of money but like man, like it's a Tales game and I'm really excited for this one. And he's like, there's not many times. I think he got one and he didn't really regret it because it was a game that he loved and all that stuff. He's like, look, it's not many times a a collector's edition comes around and you want to get it. Like just for for once, you know, at least splurge and get it. I probably won't ever get a collector's edition again. I'm really glad I got this one, though. Very glad. It was way overpriced, though, for sure.
2: Yeah, Bandai's been a little bit bad about overpricing their massive collector's editions. I I like it when they had just kind of the mid-tier
1: yeah i always wants. like the ones that are about a 100 bucks and they give you um a couple things just really the one thing i like is a steel bookcase. it just looks mm-hmm. better and i love those physical edition you know physical games what a concept uh, yeah. but i i love the steel bookcase because it looks great and i have it look i have it on a desk literally right behind me right now uh, on display in my room uh, but yeah so the the other thing about that with the collector's edition, too, is they didn't send them out on time. So oh. I remember that if you had the collector's edition, they knew they didn't send it out. So they sent code, But my dumbass was so I wanted to play the game so bad and they sent the codes early and I was trying to put that code in right away and I was spamming it and spamming it and I did it so many times you know it opened during a certain amount of time so I had to wait till like whatever time um, they gave me to put in that code and I didn't wait and I put in the code so many times that it wouldn't let me do it when the time came around because I accidentally put it in too many times oh, and so no. I had to wait like a couple of days to play this game and I was pissed I was so mad i've never been full karen Uh, i i sent bandai namco's twitter dms so many messages i was pissed i was angry like all this stuff and then a couple days later the game went through i was like okay well uh, you know i'm not really bothered by it and i also realized like i'm just the idiot that should have just waited like a few like i think i only had to wait like an hour or something to put this (laughs) just wait
2: yeah but Gosh, you're reminded me of my poor husband that went full Karen when he got an empty envelope when he finally uh, got oh, his physical no. Final Fantasy 7
1: remake. No. but yeah, and- it's just I, it, because you get so excited. I mean, I, day one releases are like you know uh, midnight releases. It doesn't happen very often. Like I did Tears of the Kingdom, and that's the last one I did for like a long while uh, before that. I hadn't really done any before Tears of the Kingdom, so you know this wasn't a midnight release, but I was I was excited. I this was not many games I get day one and played right away but this was what I was excited for and to not get that feeling I was like man that sucks like it really sucks that I have to wait to play this game
2: yeah usually, usually when it comes to most games I can be patient but the, there are those ones that like if it doesn't get there the day that Amazon says yep. that it's going to send it. I'm going to have a fit. This
1: is one of those Tales <laughs> of Rises one. I was like, I, th- I don't, I don't get usually, I don't anticipate a game this much. But Tales is my favorite series. Um, it's the reason I got into RPGs. Oh, and cool. Why I'm now an RPG gamer. So I Tales of Vesperia, Thank you. But you know, I that this was the first game that came out um, since I started playing RPGs from the Tales series that I was like really excited. So it was great, and then I couldn't play it. <laughs> so I get, <laughs> and of course it was my fault. So I got so mad at myself
2: okay well i, I think we're ready for a roundtable unless anybody
1: has anything else they want to think, bring up you think we went long enough on uh, I, I think we ice? went
2: pretty long
1: um <laughs> i told you this is going to be a long episode
2: uh, well it, I, it's, I, it's no
0: it's no uh tam reciting the entirety of uh, final fantasy 14
1: expansion long <laughs> oh that's a lot yeah okay yeah that's a lot i
2: mean i mean the, I, I think the best episodes are the ones where i just tur- turn you guys loose and I, yeah. I played this game, but you. And I guess before we guys... go
1: to the roundtable, the last thing I will say: the post-game content was awesome. Uh, do it if if you have played Tales and haven't done the post-game stuff. This is the best post-game content Tales has ever done. It, I mean, it was. Um, it,
0: it, 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 yeah. The the post-game dungeon was a throwback to a lot of older uh, yep. Tales games. It, and was, it was so it was, much fun to do. It, it was fun, uh, and I'm I'm glad they gave those two characters a little bit of closure. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I should have done that. You didn't do the post-game stuff? No.
1: Oh, I, do it now. I'm Now I'm going to force you to do it. Now you have to. It's I, I so think good. I'm going to
2: have to just to get my uh, bearings straight before I played the DLC.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely would before the DLC. Um,
2: we, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's going to depend on how much time I have. Yeah, um, right. Because <laughs> I'm going on vacation in three weeks, and I've got a, got a million things to do. Yeah. Um, and i i i think we're, re- we're about ready for a break yep um we will be right back with the soundtrack after this beautiful uh, tales of arise music interlude so stick around Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where it is now time for the uh, roundtable, where we get into our more personal thoughts about the games, our thoughts, our feelings, our memories. Um, obvious first question what, what was your favorite or funniest moment from the game? Who uh, wants to go first? I can go first. No, Though it, it's not really a, a funniest moment. It, it was it was actually one of the more tragic moments um, when uh, Kisara Kisara's brother went hollow. Um, that that moment made me cry pretty bad. Yeah, that's a
1: great one. I love all that stuff with Kisara Kisara and uh, Doaline. There's there's um, a lot of interactions they have even after that. Um, her brother went hollow and all that. Um, that just it's it's really great all throughout how how they kind of interact with each other.
2: You know, because c- c- you're led there by his cat. And you guys know me and cats. I, I love that stuff. And then he, he gets into this be- beautiful speech about the uh, oppression of the denims and stuff like that. And then he eats that fruit and t- turns into the mirror. And Kikisara is just devastated. And I'm not going to lie, it hit me in the feels a little bit because I thought Miguel was going to be kind of a mentor for uh, you guys going forward. And then him, you know, just basically offing himself like that, just it it kind of stung. I'm I'm not going to lie. I at that moment definitely gave me allergies and and, and a game with lots of moments that gave me allergies like with Xi'an.
1: Yeah, I would say mine, you know, there are a lot of funny moments in this game, but there's so many great. So, you know, great moments that happened that uh, I think, you know, override them. But for me was actually early on um, Zephyr, uh, what happened with him uh, and the second Lord that ended up killing him and kind of Law's redemption arc, so to speak, um, when that happened. But Zephyr was such an important character in the game because he was the one uh, who sort of was like a mentor figure in a way early. He didn't, wasn't around too long to be a mentor, but sort of played that role for Alfin and, um, and very brave uh, person never became a a party member, which I wish he did. Uh, But when, yeah, when, when he was basically executed in front of everybody, but um, was, did so in a way that he showed his bravery and, and, strength and certainly was I, I think a really great moment for law that that sort of changed his character arc so that was yeah, very
0: well done yeah poor Dogie. poor dogie it was the same voice actor
1: that's right it is the same <laughs> voice actor as him that's right good call with that yeah.
0: and I, I I found it kind of ironic because um you know he, he uh Zephyr used uh you know his fist to fight and you know, yes he did yeah uh, <laughs> so very apropos character
2: are you talking Dogie from ease yes yep so, so it was patrick seats
0: yep same voice huh.
2: actor. I'm a, I'm a huge voice actor nerd and i it must have been so long i didn't remember that that's that's hilarious but kind of sad um also a runner-up moment for me is the whole how do you eat under that mask skit because <laughs> yeah. That <dude laughs> yeah make me laugh like an idiot yeah <laughs>
0: The, the, they got so much mileage out of the mask.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Oh,
0: the, oh, my, my favorite. Um, and the, this is actually what frustrated me. So um, there's an achievement in the game that requires you to see so many skits in the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had seen the X number of skits in the game based on the game clock. But I did not see enough skits in the game for the achievement and i think it was because i had some dlc skits that oh, were not counted so i ended up i ended up having to go and do a whole bunch of fishing
1: <laughs> fishing i love fishing in that game the fishing, the, the fishing was so good the fishing was pretty good the
0: fishing was pretty good um good. It, it, and i, I love the fact that like all a lot of the fishing lures were uh like based off of old tales car- mascots <laughs> like one of them was was shaped like Bienfu. Oh,
2: oh, yes. right, That's
0: right. Uh, one was shaped off of uh, I forget the Chico's name from Tales of the Abyss, but that character.
2: Oh yeah, that gosh, I haven't played that in years. Yeah,
0: so but I know. But you're I, I, but about. the but the skits, you know, with Kasara and and her, and her fishing, and then it, like the end of the game when they're showing like the you know what the different characters are kind of doing now. You know what's Kassara doing? She's out there fishing. <laughs> In the ending credits, that's her scene, is her out there, you know, in very casual clothing, fishing.
2: The, the last character I would have thought that would have been a fisher, uh, fishing guru, too. The lady in the armor. Yeah, with Wait, the open back. I, I'm pretty sure I got the achievement for getting all the fish. Was there a Tipo fish, too?
0: Oh, Tipo. Yes, I think I think there was a Tipo fish. Okay. If not, Tipo was um Tipo was referenced somewhere else, I believe. Though if if it wasn't on the uh, fish, I I'll have to I'll log in and later look and let you know.
2: Yeah, I I also think Bian Fu was one of the artifacts too.
0: There was there's so many references all over the place. I, I...
2: I, I'm sorry. I love that kind of stuff. Some people think that it takes them out of the game to reference other games, but I die for Easter eggs like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, I love it,
1: good Easter eggs. Yeah, it
2: it depends on the game
0: Like some games, it's great, and other games, it's it it, it depends on how it's done. This Tales game did it well because it wasn't like it wasn't. It was very if you were into Tales it, you could tell, but it wasn't like anything that would really take you out. Like oh, it's a fishing lore. Or it's like this relic that gives you some type of special bonus. You know, it wasn't anything like, oh, you know... Here's this mascot character showing up to like in the middle of a quest type of thing, and I think that's what made it so much better in the tale. In in arises again, it was it was throw it was you know the Easter eggs, but it wasn't so overt that it was distracting.
1: Yeah, and also the, the last one because I completely I talked about it earlier, um, but the the moment on Lenigus, I think it's called um, when again you go through all the dialogue and and start to learn that the lords uh, even like had families and stuff and. Um, had they were kind of almost forced into this in a way um so it was it was just really cool to see how they went through all the dialogue and and basically all the because one of the things criticism of this game was again you know all the stuff you know about oppression and things they were like oh well they're just forgiving them it was like no the dialogue didn't go into forgiveness but you know understanding the circumstances understanding uh, that maybe you know even oppressors don't have everything you know fully um fully there for them and they go through things too, but that doesn't mean you have to forgive bad deeds and um, that, you know, you can all of a sudden forgive them for what they've done. You know, you you can understand their circumstances, understand them better, but also, you know, still understand that what they did, there are still consequences and punishments um, and things like that. And just, and, and, you know, justice, I guess, in a way for what they did. So I love that part. The fact that they actually went through a, a whole dialogue scene um, really explaining that I thought was very good. And I thought that the dialogue itself was great in that scene.
2: Trying to write gray morality without right. just, justifying yep. it is one of the hardest things in writing that you
1: exactly. can do. Exactly. Yeah. I th- I th- and look, it was a very difficult thing. That's why it was always for me, you know, so tough for them to pull it off. And you now I, I can understand if, if some people don't think that they did and um think that it wasn't done in the best way. Um, but I, I think they, they did their best to answer a lot of these questions. And also with, which was unanswerable. Like, how do you solve world peace? Like you don't <laughs> um, like, but it, it, they, it was um, in a very good attempt made to at least give hope. Um, but I thought that that bit of dialogue was, that was one of my favorite moments. And again, it was like a throwaway moment in Lenegas where if you talked to all these people, you have this cutscene that happens. Uh, so it, it was a great moment that you could have easily just walked or ran right past.
2: Kind of makes me think about the moment in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Gosh, we keep coming back to that with the uh, Shinra employee. employee It's funny. I
1: do compare those games a lot because I play close to each other. So I do compare those games a lot together.
2: Well, because the writing in them was so good. And yeah, the the themes of oppression kind of kind of are in both of the games.
1: Yeah, Yeah, very Um, comparable to each other for sure.
2: So next question: um, What is your f- uh, favorite character, or who is your favorite character? Shion. Yep, nice. I gotta go with <laughs> Shion. When when you have me he- like absolutely loathe a character in the first act, and then have me crying in the second act because I feel so bad for them, you've you've done a good job.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. It, it's. It, you know, they've done it before in the series. Um. God, I'm forgetting the Tales of Abyss uh, guy, Luke. Luke, he, yeah, he had a really, really good character arc that's probably I would consider the best still in Tales. Shion's is very close, though. It's like one of those amazing, um, complete 180 character arcs that, that came from a very sort of annoying character, um, obviously a very guarded and backhanded character to then all of a sudden becoming this very light, well loved character.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, see, I think Shion did it better than Luke only because Luke, um, basically his arrogance caused all, all right. his issues. Yeah. So he's he's still like at fault for right. being the way he for like
1: Sheon had at least had a reason to be arrogant because like it was hard to get people to get even close to her.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, uh, she wasn't even really arrogant. She was just more standoffish. No, not too. arrogant.
1: Right. Standoffish. Right. That's the yeah. Right. Luke
0: was yeah, straight yeah. up arrogant.
2: Yep. Yeah, and I feel like Sheon kind of had a, a better excuse for being a a bitch because you know it, if I was that lonely, I'd probably be pretty bitchy too.
0: Luke, yeah, Lu- Luke was just like, "Oh, you know, I have no
2: memories. I, I have no memories. Pity me."
1: <laughs> um, kind, kind I'm supposed stuff. to be the hero.
2: Yeah, yeah, she, she um, was
1: great. Yeah, Shion's great. My favorite character is actually Dohalim. Um, one of the more introspective characters because he has to look inwards because uh, obviously he thought he was this very kind, um, you know, figure, leader figure in, in his area, in his territory, um, whatever you want to call it. And then ends up, you know, kind of knowing that, you know, things were, he was doing things mostly for himself to feel better about himself. But there was still a lot of, uh, that he had to learn about himself, a lot, uh, about the people around him, learn more about Sara, which he he did, um, and then once you get to even Lenigus and things like that, um, he, it was it was really cool to see him turn into an actual leader, uh, a, a leader that actually knew compassion, kindness, his his subjects well. All I hate to say subjects like that, but um, knew the people that worked with him well. Um, it was yeah. it was cool. Dolim's arc was amazing to me. I, one that's a, a background, one that's full of a bunch of pain um, mm-hmm. because of what happens with him and and sort of the other people that he was into music with uh, and how that all kind of came about and how he never wanted to become a lord. Uh, So there's a lot of pain in his background, but again, uh, using his introspective um, looking inward to figure out, you know, what what went wrong uh, as a lord, and and learning how to actually be kind and compassionate to people. That that to me was an awesome art.
2: And and learning a very hard lesson that's yeah yeah you, yep. when when you're kind, people will take advantage of you.
1: Yes, yeah, and just being kind's not good enough. You know, you yeah. you have to to people that are oppressed. You know, it, there there are ways you have to you have to actually learn about these people. It's not just easy enough to be like, well, look, uh, this, you know, you're. You're not as shackled, I guess, as, as you know, people in these other territories, you know, look how much better you got it. And, you know, I'm a good Lord and all that. But there there was more he had to learn uh, to actually be a better leader. So I, I loved it. Everything about Dolim was was amazing. Maybe my my favorite Tales character ever. Like I loved I loved Dolim in this game. Awesome.
2: Um, my runner-up is also Renwell because I like her design, and she has a pretty good story too.
1: Yes, she does. Great story. And
2: and, and, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I like the entire party in this game. There wasn't really a. There's usually at least one character in most Tales games that I just want to push off a cliff, but not in this case. (laughs) Um, maybe law in the beginning sometimes
0: law sometimes law he he Uh, was kind of the lovable idiot of the group yeah
2: um did you did you guys have a favorite area in the game that you like to be in
1: oh that's a great question um i would say that that it was the demo area actually I forget what it's called it's right before you do get the Um field of green or whatever or Caliglia I think it's called actually uh, but staring out I mean they did it on purpose to show off like you know our game's gorgeous now but there was this kind of yeah. cool edge of a cliff you can go on and see this beautiful vista and uh, that area to me it just looked gorgeous it was amazing uh, the soundtrack to it was great so I think it was Caliglia actually that's probably my favorite area
2: um, I, I'm probably I don't remember the name of it but wherever the farm. Was. That was I think the same. that was yeah that yeah, was the that, same area.
1: Same okay, yeah.
2: okay, yeah. Just just because I love be- beautiful meadows, um, k- kind of like a high ruled field, big open area places like that. That was, and and I uh, was that. Liked... I
1: think it was um Elda Menencia actually. Uh okay. Caliglia was the first area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Caliglia was the first area, which yep, I went on a right. five minute rant live about uh, yucca
1: plants.
2: <laughs> but, but basically wherever the farm was cause, yeah to see
1: the land of green yep
2: oh that was one. beautiful to run, I, down, I actually
0: like the i like the third area where it was like the cliffs and the. oh where... yeah and the wind and all that—that—that that, that to me was the my wind.
1: Favorite. Yeah, Mahog saw. I looked it up. So that one, um, yeah, that was really okay. Good. That was the one where um, Rainbow was trying to get revenge on that that boss lady character, right? That one. Yeah, yeah. That was really. I like. There was a bunch of ruins around. That was my one of my favorite areas to explore. I remember that.
2: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. That was a fun. But, one. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I know my least favorite area was Caliglia, which was the starting area because it's a freaking desert, and I live in a desert, and I <laughs> literally did go on a five minute rant about, uh, yucca plants because of the fact that uh, I was like this is a yucca they grow like this <laughs> Here, I even went outside the next day or like a few days later and posted on our discord a picture of an actual yucca plant
1: so I um the one I didn't like was the the final area that final like dungeon area was not the best even though I I liked it like again I like the ending and I, I still I still liked that part but yeah it was very dull compared to the rest rest of the game
2: can't i just a lot, really hallways,
1: be... a lot of hallways, a lot of same-looking hallways. Yeah,
2: you're it was right. I, I remember there. that now. I I wasn't much of a fan of that either.
1: Yeah, well, it's it was like the same-looking dark hallways over and over again. I'm like, oh, don't do this. It, like, you had these beautiful, beautiful settings all over, and now you're doing this.
2: They they spent all their budget on the open areas. I know, right? <laughs>
0: Although you have to admit, when you first land on that pl- planet, that was that was amazing.
1: Yes, it was For, when you first landed. On, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: because it's just like empty buildings that are just sticking out of out of you know an yep. of, of ocean of, ho- of hollow it was, It's just
1: when you get inside of that
0: it's, it's not very exciting that. yeah
1: but no you're right when you first land on that planet yeah it is like it's very um it's very eye-opening like uh shocking in a way of like man this is a very um apocalyptic wasteland almost type thing
0: yeah Although the, I will say the very near the end of that dungeon was really neat, where you actually saw the thorns and the roses and whatnot blooming. Yes, yes, but like the early parts, no.
1: Yeah, no. I agree with all that. Yeah. Once you get into that final area where you end up facing Vol'ron, like that's, that's awesome looking. Um, Is yeah. Very good.
2: And the, and the final question I like to ask, um, do you have any memories associated with the game? Like what you were doing in your life when you played it?
1: I, yeah, this is one. I remember exactly where I was, how I played it. And we, You know, uh, all that stuff a couple years ago. So obviously, I've moved apartments a couple times, but I do. This was um, this was really a lot after the the all the COVID um stuff happened. Again, it was still happening at that point. But like we were just starting to to get over that in a way like we were starting mm. to try and make things normal again and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, the world, we were all like, paranoid, you know, uh, the world just seemed like society, at least, you know, people were very to themselves. We were just isolated for over a year, almost. Yeah. Uh, so this, this game to come out at that point and to be very hopeful and um, to give that, that kind of message, uh, it just hit at the right time for me. So I know I was kind of feeling that like, you know, again, isolated and, um not not doing much not being able to go out uh, but to have that that feeling of hope and you know that that people can come together and do special things that was that was awesome uh, i think for this game again right time right place you know not just with the graphics and the way it looked and all that but i think with this themes as well certainly
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so i i was, uh, was and still i'm uh one of the streamers for uh Gamer and uh yeah no i was i was playing this um for stream and one uh, one day, I was just sitting there like being like, "Man, I really just want to play Tales of Arise." So I booted up my save from my from the stream, and was playing it off stream and on stream
2: at the same time. <laughs> that good? It was. It, I was enjoying it that much. Um. So the, the year that this came out was the year that I bought my PS5. And I, I had very annoying circumstances behind buying my PS5 that, that I can't get into
1: too much. Oh, it was so hard to buy PS5 then. Yeah, so hard.
2: And, 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 I, and I came into some money that came to me in a not very happy way that I, ca- I can't get into on the show because of uh, family reasons. But ba- basically, I ended up with $500. Uh, out of spite. I, I was like, I'm going to buy a PS5 with this... Uh, this- at least I can use this money for something that I want. And then ended up spending around $800 for a PS5 because I got yep. it on a um, at a GameStop bundle that came with two controllers.
1: And, oh, um, guess what? I also, where I got my PS5, a GameStop bundle drop that came yeah. with I think it came with Miles Morales. Yeah. And I, I think, it, no, I, I wanted to get that one. I got the one, the bundle with Returnal and MLB The Show. Oh, I, I, got, I got
0: the bundle you wanted then.
1: Okay, because oh. I got the i wanted that one so bad
0: yeah Scar i, got the and I managed to get it on that same bundle i Cause, got cause, yeah
1: I, I i didn't even open them will be the show it is still in my dresser right now with the plastic all over it i didn't probably, open it you probably could have traded it in for like a i bottle. probably could have and i didn't well because i like baseball and i like sports, uh, you know i'll eventually gotcha. play it and i never got to it
2: but my bundle was ratchet and clank and nice miles, miles morales and oh, i played see, Ratchet.
1: That's the good one.
2: Yeah, I played Ratchet and Clank. Um, I did not have not touched Miles Morales yet, even though I really what?
1: wanted to. Oh, you got <laughs> to, especially before the second Spider Man comes. I out. mean
2: yeah.
0: I don't I don't even have a PS five right now, so <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, I, I need to. That that's needs to be on my bucket list because I do like uh, Spider-Man stuff and that, that game has uh, the Spider-Cat quest, which I desperately want to yes, do. Yes, that's great. But, you know, I had a little bit of that buyer's remorse because because there wasn't that much stuff coming coming out at that point. And like I said, I was using it as a glorified PS4 and I bought it out of spite. And then this came, game comes along. It's the first real... Well, I say that I played Ratchet and Clank and that was really good, but I I liked. Very short
1: experience, though. Mm -hmm. It's a very condensed one.
2: Yeah, and, and I love the crap out of Ratchet.
1: Yeah, like, it's great. It felt wrong. like it was being too much of a showcase game, though, instead yep. of like yep. really this grand experience, which I think you're getting to of Tales of Arise, filling that. Point.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I I was play I, when I put in Tales of Arise, it was like okay, I'm finally playing an RPG on this brand new system, which is what I usually when I get systems to play. You know, and uh, usually it's a Final Fantasy that motivates me to get, get a system. And, and yeah, it was the, a Final Fantasy because I wanted to play a Yuffie DLC. Yep. But j- just erasing all of my buyer's rewards, being like, okay, this was worth the upgrade because of how gorgeous this game is. Um, and, and then a little side memory. Um, this happened on RPG Cast this year. I think on Memorial Day weekend was when Bamco was having a massive sale, and <laughs> they were selling all of their T-shirts for five bucks. Hey. So, yep. I, yeah, uh, you know what I'm getting at, Tam? Because <laughs> I'm on the site and I see a Pac-Man T-shirt that's really cool, and a ta- the Tales of Arise shirt with Alfin that I'm wearing right now, that was really cool. And then they had the uh, one of the owl plush on sale for like thirty which is usually like, I think it was around 50 or 60 normally. So it was like, screw it. I, I'm stimulating the, the economy. I'm getting these two shirts and the hoodie. And, and then I think on the same show, Tam was like, yeah, I picked up three shirts with all the girls.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I will say those are some, they are some very nice comfy shirts.
2: Oh, I, I love the, my uh, Tales of a Rise shirt. I wear, I wear it at least one, uh, whenever it's clean.
0: Yeah. I, i basically do laundry once a week and it's one of uh, the three because i picked up uh, again one with each of the girls so i have the ridwell shirt the kasara and the shion shirt and, and like three days in a row at work you'll see me showing up with
2: them nice and, uh, yeah and i i think the only reason why i didn't get the shion shirt was because they only had that in large and i uh-huh. need an extra large because my chest is huge
0: no, I, I was able to get an XL because I wear XL.
2: Huh. huh. Maybe I could, maybe I got confused. I don't, yeah, because I was having problems with the cart that day. I had to have my husband buy that mm. stuff for me because I couldn't check out. Their their cart was so slammed, it was giving me issues. So, so yeah, I, if you didn't bring up the T-shirt thing, I was going to. <laughs> I mean, people don't know what – most people I know don't know what the hell tails is. So wearing this shirt in public is always like, hee-hee. <laughs>
0: I've being... comments about it.
2: Yeah. So um I, I think that's our tales show. That's it? Yep. We that haven't... that that will be it. Do you think we will all done? Uh, no, no, more show. <laughs> end of discussion no Um our next so our next show starts in spooky month and we're doing quasi spooky games. Uh Costume Quest two is gonna be our next show, barring any disaster. I'm sorry, Costume Quest one and two. I have Costume Quest 2 on the mind because I finished that one recently. And I I need to boot up my PS3 at some point to see if I ever bought the DLC for Costume Quest 1 because I have no memory of playing that. So yeah, I you guys looking forward to spooky month
1: always i'm a i'm a movie <laughs> guy so i i i'm not into scary movies a lot but i've i've been putting my best foot forward to get more into it and so i am definitely going to be uh into spooky movies i saw the nun 2 in theaters so oh i i, I got cool. started pretty early also talk to me was great too so i like that That's um
2: if if you want a good scary movie that's kind of corny but in a fun way, try Megan.
1: Oh, Megan was fantastic. I it loved absolutely. it absolutely. It's still one of my favorite movies of the year. I thought it was perfect, campy silliness. Um, yeah, yeah. Watch, watch Megan. Watch Megan. Watch <laughs> Megan. Watch Megan. Um, I,
2: I want more Halloween and horror themed RPGs, and I feel like the only things we've got are Dark Souls, Costume Quest, and some elements of shimegami tensei
0: <laughs> really really um death and request
2: oh th- th-
0: yeah skelter. that has
2: yeah that that has witches mary Skelter. It's that's see that's more fairy tale characters though
0: well mary skelter is fairy tale but it's it's hor- it's uh yeah no
2: it's got that aesthetic bad right.
0: things happen bad things yeah. do happen
2: um we'll have to do a mary skelter backtrack Next year, because you're playing the games, and I need to play the other two games.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I'm on, I'm I've started the second one, but then my my issues with my internet,
2: and, and then also uh, trying to explain that Mary Skelter timeline and how confusing it is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, that that's going to be our spooky month. Is um, Costume Quest and Bloodborne, uh, Parasite okay. Eve. Oh right, right. I see. For because that one takes place on Christmas, I always associate it with Christmas.
0: Most people do. Yeah, it's my favorite Christmas Halloween game. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, a, uh, depth of as long as effect. we don't talk the second game or the third game, we're good because those games aren't good.
2: Okay. <laughs> You know, I think the old team did a a Parasite Eve backtrack because I remember Sam talking about third birthday and how it made her really uncomfortable. And then that night at Best Buy, I found it on clearance for like 10 bucks. And I was like, well, she said it made her uncomfortable, but I'm curious about it. So here I go. (laughs) And then I, I got, like, through the f- tutorial level and then never touched it again.
0: I, I did beat it.
2: Third birthday? Yes. Is it bad? Is it as bad as they say it is?
0: It's not good. Ah. Uh,
2: darn. Oh, well. Well, I, I'm looking forward to Spooky Month, and um, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me for t- Tales of Arise, because I, I think it's the best Tales game I've played in, in yep. 20 years. Honestly. it's great
1: it's, it's, it's one it's, of my favorite rpgs so i've played in uh in this decade so far as well I, I absolutely love this game
2: i mean i mean as much as i loved cecilia 2 i know that that's not a lot of people's favorite game because they that they kind of feel as an asset flip and i kind of agree to an extent but
0: well a it, lot of tales games are asset flips as, yeah, far as like the monsters yeah. and stuff but
2: yeah but th- this one i i, I if I was if we was gonna do a where to start article on tales, this would be my number one recommendation. We
1: actually did do that, and I oh, wrote this one up. Yes, we okay. did. Okay, we I did. I, was uh, say. To I feel like tales that's been Rise. there. <laughs> uh, for yeah, we did that for the tale series, and I wrote up Tales of Rise. I think it is because that is um, you know if you want to get into the tale series, which one? I know you could probably play other eras and you know it wouldn't be as jarring to go back but if you want to just play the best one play Tales of Arise and then yeah. go back and if you like that kind of storytelling kind of game again you're, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices because the games are outdated but I think you can go back to those and the, the thing that helps is it's really easy to go back to Vesperia because it has that definitive edition to mm-hmm. go back to so yeah I would say start with Arise you know then go to Tales of Vesperia definitive edition don't ever 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 play symphonia definitive edition or whatever they called it don't oh
2: do that. Th- that one's at 30 don't frames a second
1: yeah don't do it nope very bad very buggy very bad you might as well there's this amazing thing i don't i i if you have a means of getting the rom this thing called emulation if you can ever play tales of symphonia on gamecube do it it's the best way to play. Um, do- dolphin Upscaled is probably the best way to go. Yep. Um, that's that's how I did it. And it was glorious.
2: Oh, well, th- that's a shame about the Definitive Edition, but luckily Oh yeah,
1: Symphonious is bad. Um, even the PS3 version? I don't know about the PS3, but the the one that he just ported over okay. to all the new okay um, new consoles was terrible. Switch the one for Switch, PlayStation Five. Uh, I don't even know if it was for Five. I think it was just for Four, but it still plays on Five. But yeah, all the that latest port that came over was brutal, and it's still they're still working through bugs and stuff with that game somehow.
2: That 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 sucks. I hate it when they put out half-assed ports. Terrible.
1: But Vesperia Definitive, uh, Definitive Edition crushed it. So again, start with the rise. And if you want to go back to an older one, I think Vesperia is very accessible and easy.
2: And, and see, my my favorite ones in the series are the two D ones, uh, the Destiny and Eternia and
1: Fantasia. Someday they'll be ported again. God, I'm I hope not, so. I'm not holding my breath for it because there, not- ne- there was just another report. Of like Bandai Namco, like, yeah, we're thinking about this. It was like, cool, you've been thinking about this for like a decade now. Just do it.
2: You, you would just think that as a, much of a hot thing as pixel art is these days that they I would want to capitalize. I don't know. I don't know. Because those games were gorgeous pixel art games.
1: Right. Because um. Symphonia, to me, they've already ported over a million times. And that one's outdated. Like mm-hmm. the other ones, the 2D, you can at least still with pixel art um, and the 2D battle system. That's, that's still something that I think works now. Um, Symphonia looks. I mean, it looked good then. I still think it looks good if you upscale and all that. But it it looks pretty ugly cell, compared cell to like, the, the, games.
0: the, the uh, s- Cell shaded art does not.
1: Right, age that's as the thing well. is it, it it cell shading art doesn't. It, it can in some like Vesperia was a, a different kind of cell shading, and I think it works. That outdated comes with the slow battle system. But yeah, it doesn't age as well. Like it's very blocky at times, especially it's GameCube graphics. Like it's not it's not the best. So see, yeah,
2: I've heard, I, I've heard the opposite that people say the uh, cel-shaded art ages very well and it's 3D art that looks like ass.
1: It's the best. I think it's one of the better ones to um, the to age. But again, we're talking about GameCube and so it is it's very rough like Symphonia is rough now yeah I think so I think it is at least but
2: but Bamco if you're listening give those 2D games the HD spit shine 100%
1: put them out in a collection how is Star Ocean getting an HD 2D Octopath style thing and Tails can't do that how? Different companies. How? Is that Square Enix? Yeah, that's yeah.
2: D- d- different companies. Uh, Square, as much as we complain about them, is very is usually very good about making their older games available. Yes, they are.
1: But um, Star Ocean? Unbelievable. Um I made mean, at that's least a, it's That's a lower version of Tales games. I mean it's not, I've made... sorry, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to get in trouble.
2: No, it it's fine. It's <laughs> just if at least they're doing the two g- good games, the, the, the pixel yes, art are. ones, and not I, I think they
1: already remastered the terrible PS two one. No, they didn't. No, at... I got um I got the first one. I got the uh, first departure R, I think the the definitive edition one or the remake one not remake yeah uh, no the
0: ps the ps2 one has not been touched since the ps2 i
2: I could have sworn that that's till the
0: that is till the end of time till the end of time has not been redone you keep thinking of four which is the one you hate right (laughs) which which is the one with the questionable outfit for a cat girl
2: I, I will leave us with this. Um, I appreciate that Star Ocean 6, which I've been playing, has those chess pieces with the uh, characters from the previous games, even though the only ones I remember
1: are the first two. Uh, yeah. Also, because I've I've reviewed Star Ocean 6, it is Tales of Arise AF. Um, <laughs> oh, of course. It's, I mean, you do... No, that the two that's yes. yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, um, it is, but it is, it's very, it's very similar. Uh, very similar. again, I just think Tales of Rise just does everything so much better. I mean, it's, it's one of my, it's probably my favorite game that I've played. I, again, that's coming from a biased, I love Tales games, and I know it's not the best game ever made. I trust me, uh, but it's just the, the experience overall, the package, it's the strongest version of a tales game we've ever gotten the most streamlined the most polished and everybody was worried about that because it was delayed um it's the best tales game and i absolutely love it
2: yep i concur very much so well um thank you tam and robert for c- coming to talk some tales Always- i am
0: tam and robert
2: they er, ah <laughs> i
0: am I'm tired double thanks <laughs> to you man yeah. thanks I to the anime, am, man.
2: my bad i am tired and i am bad with names and i apologize
0: hey I, I, I think john really carried the show though
2: no no thank oh, you very no, much john no, I always no, love having you no. on
1: i knew i knew i would talk too much so <laughs> I apologize for going uh, long on this one.
2: No, no worries. Um some some people like our long shows and that's fine, just as long as we're not doing another Muso marathon. Oh but um sorry thank you john and robert for coming to hang out and of course thank you to matt mason for staying up late and for uh, doing the editing and being my co-host and being awesome no problem and and thank you listener for hanging out with us we will see you in a couple of weeks for custom quest one and two have a great rest of your week and we will see you later
0: bye everybody
2: Bye, bye